Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture, and here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. I have a question. It's not a statement. It's a question. The president is coming to the San Francisco Bay Area tomorrow for a fundraiser somewhere in a location. If you had 30 seconds with President Trump, what would you ask him or say to him? If you had 30 seconds to shake his hand, what would you say to him or what would you ask him? I want answers in 30 seconds or less, and you can do so, and you'll reach more people than you've met in your whole life by calling 855-407-282. The next thing is the uh, airstrike in Iran question. It's a huge deal. As you know, uh, 50% of the oil supply coming out of Saudi Arabia was uh, destroyed or stopped, impeded by a group of drones that struck them, uh, allegedly from Iran, from the Houthi rebels. Who knows who did it? Do you really know who did it? We don't know. All we know is something happened and the oil stopped. So now the war drums are being beaten. Now, it's an odd thing that Bolton is gone, who wanted war with Iran and Venezuela and Korea, I guess Russia as well, throw in a few more nations, maybe wanted to bomb Paris. I don't know. But the warmonger is gone, and yet we're hearing about war now. And I'm going to ask you again. Would you support U.S. airstrikes in Iran? I don't. I don't, by the way. And I'll tell you why as the show develops. General Motors, on strike, major plant. Have General Motors workers gotten too greedy by going on strike uh, weren't they bankrupt? Weren't they bailed out? Now they have a great job. And what do they want now? Health care. Health care. Around the clock health care. So they went on strike. What's going to happen when they go out of business? Who are they going to blame then? Not the unions. Okay. Big deal. Big, big deal. So I'm going to repeat the questions again. If And I'm going to go into the Iran situation in great detail today. So you have a bigger picture of what's involved instead of just a knee-jerk, yes, bomb them, don't bomb them. We'll really look at the military threat of Iran if there is one, because if they close the Strait of Hormuz, which is possible, uh, we're going to have real trouble on this earth. But, you know, there's a bigger question related to it. I thought we were oil independent under Trump. Robert, isn't that what we heard, that we were exporting energy supplies, meaning oil, natural gas, with all the fracking? Why the hell do we need the oil coming out of the Strait of Hormuz from Saudi Arabia, unless it's simply to prop up Saudi Arabia? I would say, and I'll lay it out in the beginning, there's no point in mincing words since I have personality. It's simple. My personality is very direct. Always have been. For the day I came out, the day I go back from the other world to this world, I've been direct, direct, direct. What do we need the oil for? I thought we're oil independent. Isn't that the myth that we've been hearing about? Trump made us oil independent. Well, if we're oil independent, and they closed the Straits of Hormuz. The last I checked, let's see, the European Union had some airplanes there. France has some. Doesn't France have a few jets? Uh, the UK can still fly a jet, can't they? Are there a lot of still fly a plane in the United Kingdom? Netherlands has one or two jets left over from World War II, don't they? I'm being facetious. Even Italy, I think, even the Italians know how to fly a plane and drop a bomb. Why doesn't the European Union... Aren't they the ones tacked? What are we? Uh, what are we? The world's cop again? Or the world's whatever? I want to talk about this today. It's a big story. Now I've given you three questions. If you had thirty seconds with the president, and you could shake his hand and look him in the eye, what would you say or ask him in those thirty seconds? And would you support airstrikes on Iran? And have GM workers gotten too greedy by going on strike? The phone number here is 855-407-282. What is the number one thing bothering you about the world today, whether it be government, country, your local area, or the social world that we are living in? What is the number one thing bothering you? You can also talk about Kavanaugh, which has been talked to death. We know it's a hit piece made up. They smear everybody in sight. When the New York Times interviewed me a few months ago, they smeared me. This is what they do for a living. They are twisted sisters at the New York Times. They, they twist everything. 
And it's sad that there are no standards at the newspaper called the New York Times, none whatsoever, to come up with an old lie like this. And then the girl who made the accusation isn't even heard from. She says she doesn't remember. Are you listening to this? Do you want to live in such a world? Do you realize that what goes around comes around, all you good progressives out there? That means you can be smeared by anyone at any time, and these fools running for the presidency on the Democrat side will say, yeah, you're guilty without a trial. That's the world you want to live in? It's going to come back to bite you, particularly you stupid men who are Democrats, you stupid men who think that you're progressives. You're the ones who are going to pay for this kind of behavior. 855 last note as I pump you up for the show today. If you listen to the show on the stream, and the show is a giant on the stream, I am the boss of the Savage Nation, and I'm telling you, this show is a giant as a streaming show. And if you can't get this show on a local station, but you listen to it on the stream, as many of you do, guess what? You can still call the show directly at 855-400-7282 with your, com- your comments or question. okay? So again, let's go back. I know what you're calling about. I can see the board lighting up. The Telos screen is lit. The AP Telos is lit up. My old system, my old trustworthy system. It says uh, name, city, comments. And uh, Jim is taking the calls down there in Dallas. I see him on the screen. He got a haircut. Robert is sitting there with a, uh, a Democrat socialist hat on. No, I'm joking. He's not wearing a Bernie hat. He's wearing a Savage Nation hat. And I'm raring to go. So let's begin with the callers. What would you say or what would you ask of the president if you had 30 seconds uh, with him? Jennifer San Jose, line three. Go ahead. You're on the Savage Nation. I would say President Trump. Thank you. Thank you for doing the best job you can. There are a lot of us out there. We believe in you. Don't believe the negativity. Don't believe the haters. Trust your gut and listen and talk to Michael Savage. (laughs) (laughs) That's sweet. So I assume you're going to be at the fundraiser tomorrow. Uh, My brother is. Oh, hey, did I nail that one? How did your brother wrangle an invitation without giving his name? But, but, you know, I can, I can tell you this. I literally said to him, if you get 10 seconds, Paul, he goes, I can't. I don't think I can. I don't think, I, I'm, I don't think I'm going to get that. I go, please, thank him. Well, wait a minute. Is he, an, is he invited there or is he a waiter there? What is he doing there? No, he, 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 <laughs> he actually got in. He, he paid. Um, and he told me it's very hush-hush of where they're going. They're- no, 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 we can't mention that. It's absolutely top secret. No, I don't even, he didn't even know where yet. They don't tell him. I understand. They're keeping it very close to the cuff. But uh, your, your, your brother, although he is invited tomorrow, will not, he doesn't think he's going to get a chance to say hello to the president? Yeah, he said there were levels that you could buy in. He didn't think he bought at a level that you get. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That, that's really no, they, fun. All right. For a certain amount, you just sit there and you get a, you get a rubber chicken lunch. Uh, for the next amount, you get a photo op. The next amount, you get a second. I get. I know how that works. <laughs> <laughs> is, is your brother a wealthy guy? No, he's not. He's a humble guy with a good heart, and we all believe in Trump, and we all want. We all can't believe how many of us out there. Oh, there's so many more of us then the vermin in the media would let you believe. They want you, they want you to believe that everyone's a far-left radical, and anyone who isn't is a, is, a, is a fascist. It is a lie. It is an absolute lie. More people oppose the fascism of the Bernie Sanders, Kamala Harris wing of the evil, degenerate Democrat Party than you can imagine. Everyone sees through them. Thank you for the call. That brings us to the next call on the Savage Nation. All you're calling about is the Trump thing. Now, I didn't say I'm going to be there. Did I say I'm going to be there at any time today? No, I didn't tell you that, did I? I said to you the president is coming to California tomorrow for four fundraisers in two days. It's a huge deal, and no one knows where it's being held. The thing is this. If you had 30 seconds with President Trump, what would you say to him or what would you ask him? Is the, cre- is the question, right? Richard in Texas, thank you for calling the Savage Nation. Richard, what would you ask or say? Mr. President, I've been to 107 countries around the world. I want to thank you for protecting Americans at their borders. Not one country I visited ever allowed me to just come freely 
through their borders. And I'm talking third world. Third Isn't world. that amazing that even the most minimalist third world hellhole has border guards and they check your passport three different ways to Sunday, right? That's right. Why is it that this country thinks it should have open borders? Who is pushing this other than La Raza and the racists in La Raza and their fellow travelers in the Democrat Socialist Party who are fundamentally working for a foreign power? Thank you for the call. I'll be right back. Savage. Hey, here's a question. How did you sleep last night? Did you spend the night tossing and turning, worrying? Now, look, if you're struggling to get a good night's sleep, you've got to try a purple mattress. The founders of Purple are two brothers who have been developing cushioning technology for 30 years on things like medical beds, wheelchairs. Well, in 2016, they finally decided to use their patented comfort technology to create Purple, the world's most scientific mattress. Now, what does that mean? How is Purple different from other mattresses? Listen, the Purple mattress will probably feel different than anything you've ever experienced. Why? Because it uses the brand new material that was developed by an actual rocket scientist. It was not like the memory foam that I'm used to or you're, you're used to. No, no. The purple material feels unique because it's both firm and soft at the very same time. So it keeps everything supported while still feeling really comfortable. Plus, it's breathable. Unlike foams, it's breathable so it sleeps cool. It ends up giving you the zero gravity-like feel so it works for any sleeping position. Okay, 100-night risk-free trial. You're not satisfied? You can return your mattress for a full refund. It's backed by a 10-year warranty, free shipping and returns, free in-home setup, old mattress removal. You ready? You're going to love Purple. And right now, my listeners will get a free Purple pillow with the purchase of a mattress. That's in addition to the great free gifts they're offering site-wide. Just text SAVAGE to 84-888. The only way to get this free pillow is to do this. You ready? Text SAVAGE to 84-888. That's S-A-V-A-G-E to 84888. Text S-A-V-A-G-E to 84888. S-A-V-A-G-E to 84888. Message and data rates may apply. This is the boss of the Savage Nation. I've decided to take a more masculine, a more testosterone-rich approach to my show and tell you like it is and who I am. I'm not going to hide anymore. I've been on the front lines for 25 years. I've been like a lone eagle in the media out here in the San Francisco area. And I have thrived and I have survived. If you think that's a small accomplishment, then you don't know very much about life. And I'm asking a number of questions today. And it's strange that you're not interested in the uh, Iran war drums or General Motors going on strike. You're not interested in global cooling or global warming. You're not interested in the racist in the Congress named Elon Omar who attacks America on 9-11. You're not interested in any of that. I ask a loaded question. If you had 30 seconds with the president, what would you say to him? And that's all you're calling about. So let's get to it. New Mexico, Quinton, line four. 30 seconds to speak to the president. What would you say? Um, I would talk to President Trump and tell him that he needs to stop tweeting all the time. But what if he says why? Because, unfortunately, a lot of his tweets, because they don't get filtered, they have really bad optics, and they make him look bad, which just feeds the media's narrative that he's racist and sexist and homophobic and all those well, what did you ever think maybe he likes the fact that the media gets it wrong and he can laugh at them <laughs> i'm starting to think maybe he does it just to throw them off base to show what fools they are look what they just did to kavanaugh look, look what they did just a hint of a liar about someone pulled his yecker out in college 150 years ago they can't find the girl and six of the dunces running for the presidency on the democrat side wants him impeached can you understand how sick this country is today under these Democrats? Just take a look at them and look who's running. There's not a human being amongst them. Yeah, I see it every day, Dr. Savage. So maybe Trump understands that it's his presidency to win and his presidency to lose. And he knows that the losers on the other side do not have a chance. Oh, yes, they have all of the, uh, let us say, radical feminists with the pink hats. They have the illegal aliens, which I hope we can all work together to crack down on. By the way, I have a plan for that before the election. I'm going to call for a nationwide um, poll watching group to emerge. I'm saying it like it is. 
We're going to create a nationwide army of poll watchers, and we're going to take pictures of people coming in by bus who you know and I know are being bussed around. Wait until you see what I propose. Wait until you see. I'm going to actually do something. But what would you ask the president if you had 30 seconds with him? California, Alex, line eight. Go ahead, please. You have 30 seconds with President Trump here. Hello. How are you? What do you got to say, sir? I, I'm, a, I'm a girl. I would say, President, I am so proud of you and the First Lady. But this is what I have to say. I'm, I think we should have a 35-hour work week. Nothing has changed since 1948 when the government employees worked a 40-hour work week. But well, you know, it's an interesting question with the automation, the automation that's coming, they're going to have to cut the work week anyway, aren't they? Life has changed dramatically. I think so you would like a 35-hour work week for who, federal workers? In 1948, they declared a 40-hour. A 35-hour work week for who, though? For, for who? For everybody in the country or, or for federal workers? No, for everybody now. All right. I don't understand the question because I don't think he has the power to change the work week schedule. Uh, however, I will say this for those of you who would like to work less. With automation, you're going to be working less and not working at all. That's coming eventually, and it's not too far down the road, by the way. Indiana, Cindy, you have 30 seconds with President Trump. What would you say to him? I would ask the president why, when he had a majority in the Congress, when he was first elected, he didn't push to have a bill passed to tax all the money that gets uh, transferred down to Mexico and Guatemala. And oh, yeah. Didn't I call for a transfer tax? That way he would pay for the... Do you remember that I called for a transfer tax on every Western Union uh, transfer sent to Mexico, uh, and et cetera? Remember I said send the transfer tax on it? Somebody's talking about it. I never hear anybody talk about it. I did. I was the one who said create a transfer tax on all remittances going overseas amongst from the workers here who are not paying taxes and sending the money to their home country. Thank you for the call. I don't think Trump can do anything about that, by the way. Look, while we're talking about you have 30 seconds with the president, can someone please call me on airstrikes in Iran? I don't believe you're not interested in that. It's a huge issue. Because the show may not even end before. We could have a, a war with Iran before uh, we, we know it. Now, what if Iran mined the Strait of Hormuz, which is the waterway off its coast, through which flows 40% of the crude oil traded internationally, right? Now, we could block it in some ways. It's been done before. This is not the first time this came up. But my, my position is this. Why doesn't the Saudi military respond to the Iranians? They're the ones who got bombed. They're the ones who are fighting in Yemen. They're the ones who bombed the prison and bombed the crowded funeral and kept bombing water facilities in Yemen. It's Saudi Arabia. They, they don't take any prisoners. Remember, they cut hands off if you steal in Saudi Arabia. Think of what would happen here in San Francisco if they applied that to the board of supervisors and those running the corrupt city. There'd be a handless people running the state. Savage. Did you know that on average a burglary happens once every 23 seconds in the United States? Approximately 2 million burglaries are reported every year in the U.S. 83% of burglars admitted that they specifically look to see if there's an alarm. And 20 out of every 1,000 households were burglarized in 2017. And what's crazy is that only 1 in 5 homes have home security. Only 1 in 5? Maybe because most companies don't make it so easy. It's confusing. They make it expensive. It takes too much time. They hassle you. And that's why Simply Safe is my top choice, hands down. Simply Safe protects every door, window, and room with 24 7 professional monitoring. They make it easy for you. No contract, no hidden fees, no fine print. And it's won a ton of awards from CNET to the New York Times wire cutter. Prices are fair and honest. You get around the clock monitoring for just $15 a month. But one thing that truly makes Simply Safe stand out. But one thing that truly makes Simply Safe stand out is their video verification technology. This is a big deal. When other home security systems are triggered by a burglar, a lot of the time police assume it's a false alarm and the call goes to the bottom of their list. But not with Simply Safe because they have video verification technology. The police are able to visually confirm that the break in is actually happening and it allows police to get to the scene 3.5 times faster than other home security companies. Have I made my sale yet? 
Because for my listeners, Simply Safe has a huge deal going on right now. You go to simplysafesavage.com slash Michael Savage. That's real important. And what you're going to get is free shipping and a money back guarantee. But you're also going to support this podcast. That's simplysafesavage.com slash Michael Savage today. Simplysafesavage.com slash Michael Savage. Life is good. People are wonderful. And radio is great. Welcome back to the uh, Savage Nation. Here is Michael Savage for you, the boss of the Savage Nation. I'm the boss of my own show. Do you know how that feels? I realized today, after all these years, I'm the boss of the Savage Nation. You know how great that is? So if I have a question that I want to ask, I ask that question. If I don't like the caller, I have the power to turn you off and shut you off. In other words, I, I just hit the button. <laughs> it's a woman's dream. My mother would have dreamed to have 16 lines lit up of people calling her and hang up on the people who bother her instead of debating them. It doesn't work in real life, but of course, this is not real life. This is only talk radio. And although I am concerned more about the threat of war with Iran than I am with the issue of what you would ask the president, it is an emotionally charged question because uh, the president is coming to the San Francisco Bay Area tomorrow. As most people know, no one knows where he will be. <clears throat> However, if you had 30 seconds or 15 seconds to shake the president's hand and speak with him, what would you say or what would you ask? It's, it's quite simple, right? New York, Mike, line eight. 30 seconds with President Trump, what would you say? Hello, boss. I would say, Mr. President, who advised you not to listen to Mike Savage? Fire no. them. Regarding Saudi Arabia. <laughs> no, yeah, you know, he almost did that once before. By the way, when I, a couple of years ago, when I said, you know, I've been blocked, he said, I want to know who did it. He got really angry. Well, he needs to follow up on that and fire them because they are not doing, they, whoever that. No, no, listen, my audience is going to be key to him getting reelected or not. I know it for a fact. We all know that. Because the election is going to be very close. No matter what we want to believe, the left is extremely organized. They have all the illegal alien voters. They have all the unions. They have the crazy feminists. They have the psychopaths. They have the multisexuals out there. And I am saying that this audience, which is largely independent in orientation, is going to hold the key to his victory. And if they sit the election out, they're certainly not going to vote for any of the crackpots on the left. But if they don't vote at all, I'm afraid he could lose the election. Don't you read it that way? I absolutely agree with you. And I don't think we're alone. I, I think that the power structure that is running the president's campaign has finally come to understand that there is a huge independent electorate out there that they need to speak to. They can't just keep talking to the Rush Limbaugh RNC people. It's not going to be enough for them. They already have the Hannity and they have the Rush audiences. They have them in their pocket. They don't have to sell them, but they have to reach out to the others. And I'm the one who speaks to the others. Absolutely. Rush, the others, leather jacket. They've got, they've got all those people in the pocket of the president. They have to do nothing else. Other but what would you ask him outside of me? Forget about me. What would you really say to him if you had 30 seconds tomorrow? I really would ask him, who the hell is advising him not to listen to you? You're speaking. Yeah, but I want to put me out of the out of the out of the question. Would you ask him anything else? Uh, well, I would advise him if I could. I'd say hell no to bombing Iran. That's a Saudi Arabian EU problem. In fact, that that's 83 percent of who's ever receiving that crude oil problem. We're energy efficient, according to what we've been told. That's right. We're energy efficient. Why are we fighting with Iran? Let, uh, let Saudi Arabia do it. You know how much military money we've given Saudi Arabia? Absolutely. And I say they, they have no compunction to uh, protect human life. They don't care about human life in Saudi Arabia. They wouldn't worry about collateral damage if they ever unleashed their military. I believe the last I checked, they had advanced fighters, advanced weaponry, advanced bombing, advanced sighting. They could really go to town. Of course, it's not a one-way street. And I have to caution everyone listening to the show to not bang the war drums because Iran could turn its proxies, such as the Houthi rebels or Hezbollah, uh, into guided missiles in Yemen, Saudi Arabia, Israel, or American interests anywhere around the world. Shiite militias could overrun the U.S. embassy in Baghdad, seize hostages. Uh, Hezbollah uh, could... Uh, conduct terror attacks in Latin America where there's a strong presence of Hezbollah. Uh, Iran has a potent cyber capability that could, in theory, take down networks and harm the American economy. And so, my friends, this is not as simple as go ahead and bomb them, but I thank you for calling uh, the program. 
Again, if you care to join the conversation, phone number is 855-400-7282. 855-400-SAVAGE. 855-400-SAVAGE. Now, I have something to announce. I'm not going to say why, but I could finally say to you with some certainty uh, that uh, I will not be on the air tomorrow. I have a special assignment tomorrow, which I cannot tell you about. I will tell you about it on Wednesday. But I'm asking you, if you did not have a special assignment tomorrow, and if you were invited to meet the president, and you had 30 seconds or 15 seconds to shake his hand, I would ask you what you would say to him or ask him, okay? And uh, the calls are, are here, by the way, but I don't know whether I want to take them right. I will. I'll, I'll take the questions. Okay. Pat in Sacramento, line five, 30 seconds with President Trump. What would you say? Michael, I'd ask the president why he has not tweeted once about the budget deficit, why he has not cut the budget, and why he is, is he's made every deal with the Democrats to make the budget deficit bigger. I agree a thousand percent. In fact, I tweeted that this morning, and I think it's one of the biggest issues. One of the greatest fears I have is this this crazy budget. He's actually, I'm sorry to say, but it was written, I forget who wrote the article this morning, that he's actually got a, the budget of a socialist right now, a runaway socialist. Did you happen to see that article today? I put it up on uh, on michaelsavage.com. Here it is. It's on michaelsavage.com. It's story number three or four. Here it is. Does the runaway government spending concern you? And it links to the Hill by, Jed, by Judd Gregg. And he says, uh, the president's philosophy is hard to, to know. But he said, fundamentally, it's a socialist policy in terms of spending. And I think that's antithetical to the philosophy that has underpinned Republican policy uh, for, for decades in the past. Whatever happened to fiscal conservatism? He's done nothing on it, and he said nothing on it, which troubles me. But why are you concerned about it? How does it affect you personally? I mean, as, a, as an American citizen, does it really affect you, or is it just a, an esoteric question, uh, out-of-control spending? Well, it really doesn't affect me, but someday it has to affect all of us. It's ah. someday. I don't uh-huh. know when that is, but someday it's going to affect everybody. All right. Well, thank you for that call. We just got a new headline on the Drudge Report that's in red, bold red. Eight years of Trump tax returns subpoenaed by Manhattan DA. Eight years of tax returns are subpoenaed by Manhattan DA. So, okay, eight years of his personal and corporate tax. Let me cut to the chase. Let's say they get the tax returns. He'll fight them right through the election. It could be a subpoena. You know what he'll tell them to do with the subpoena? I can't say it. It's a family show. You sending me a subpoena? The Manhattan DA? A low-life lawyer like that? But let's say you want to know what the president paid or didn't pay. At this point, you must assume he paid nothing which is why he's not giving up the tax return. Let us, you know, why are we dancing around the obvious here? I have said to you last week, I know some powerful real estate operators in the, in the country. I don't know. I'm not one of them. But the way the business works is that if you buy a building worth $300 million, $100 million, a half a billion dollars, a billion dollars, you don't pay any taxes on that building. And what you do is you roll it into the next building you acquire. You pay no taxes. Most of these people, the, the reason they're in commercial real estate is that there's no taxes to be paid. That's how the, uh, the, the tax system is set up. Everyone knows that. So I would assume Trump has paid little or no taxes for eight years. That would be my assumption. And So what? And what's going to happen when you find that out? Say, oh, look, he didn't pay taxes. So what's going to happen then? Tell me what's going to happen then. I don't know. Well, what's the big deal? He's following the law. If, if he broke the law is one thing. But if the law permits this kind of tax stuff to go on, I would do it if I could. If I didn't have to pay federal or state taxes, I would gladly do it. But I'm not in the real estate business. I'm a talk radio host and an author. I pay 50% or 60% of every dime I make. You think I like it? I hate it. It kills me to think that I pay 15% of every dime I make to this rotten, corrupt, stinking, broken state that I'm living in with dog and fecal and fecal matter, human fecal matter, broken roads and corruption and funding every kind of sicko on the planet, including uh, health care for illegal aliens. I resent it. I hate it. But I have to pay it because that's the law. But if the law permitted me to write it all down and not pay a nickel, I wouldn't pay 10 cents if I didn't have to. That's the problem. So let's assume so they're going to subpoena the taxes, and you're going to find out a year from now, oh, President Trump paid no taxes. What is that going to do to you? So the left is going to be more agitated than ever. They're, all, they're always agitated. Everything agitates them. 
That's why liberalism is a mental disorder. They need medication. The problem is no one's invented the medicine yet for what they have. There's not a medicine on earth that can cure liberalism. It's the most incurable of all diseases. It's a permanent disability. And as such, frankly, it's a dangerous disability. Through their lens, everyone who is not them is guilty of a crime. Through their lens, anyone who is not a fanatical leftist is a fascist. Through their lens, everyone who is not uh, on their side is a racist, a sexist, and a homophobe. Through their lens, virtually everything right in the world is a Democrat and communist or Marxist, and everything wrong in the world is someone who loves the American system and someone who believes in capitalism. So how are you going to ever cure them anyway? You can't, because liberalism is an incurable mental disorder. I'm sorry to say there's no cure for it. I'll be right back. Savage. But I want to go back to the show, yes, and that is this. If you had 30 seconds with the president, what would you ask him or say to him? I am not saying, I'm not denying, I'm not confirming or denying that I have those 30 seconds. All I'm saying to you is I will not be here tomorrow. Uh, with God's will, I'll be back on Wednesday. And then I will divulge to you whether or not I actually was here or not here. But I'm asking you what you would say or not say if you had 30 seconds with the President of the United States. Put aside all the crap you read in the papers. Put aside all your bravado. What you'd say, what you wouldn't say. I'm talking real here. Forget the bravado. If I saw him, I'd say this. You wouldn't say anything. Most of you progressive liar cowards, you. You'd wind up where you belong, which is in prison. I'm asking you, the listeners of this program, and I don't care what side you're on, and I want, I'm saying in reality, you meet the president, the most important man on earth, the most powerful man on earth. Forget what the vermin call him and this and that. Forget all the name calling. You're talking to the most powerful man on the planet. He can make war. He can stop war. He can take someone out of prison. He can put someone into prison. Okay, now put aside all the crap you've read in the newspapers and that you heard at the, in the, co the college coffee shop. You have 30 seconds to shake that man's hand and look him in the eye and he's looking you in the eye. What would you say to him? That's what I want to know. That's all I want to know. It's that simple. Rick in Vacaville, you have 30 seconds of the president. What would you say? Yeah, hello. If I was talking to the president, I would ask you to please, please do something for the senior citizens of this country. We've worked for decades and paid taxes, 30, 40 percent. And within retirement years, we can't retire because we're just the taxes are killing us. So how would you, how could he fix that? Well, he could probably do some adjusting, maybe a prorated on the 401ks. Or just totally say after a certain age, you don't have to pay taxes any longer. After that many years of paying, it always seems... Well, well I would say that's a good idea if, if, if the person didn't have, let's say, an accrued amount over a certain amount. I mean, what if you have $100 million in the bank? You certainly wouldn't expect to get a tax rebate then, would you? Yeah, they could work on, on the details. On the I hear what you're saying, but the average working stiff yeah. who is now a senior, you think should be free of paying any taxes. That's not a bad idea. I'll, I'll go for that one. I'd like to be tax-free. Why don't I tell it to Governor Newsom when I don't meet him? Let's see what he has to say about the 15% that he's taking out of the hands of those who make some money in the state. I mean, I thought the state of California has a budget uh, surplus. Where'd the money go? But he can't give it back and cut the taxes to 7 or 8%? No, he can't because it's a welfare state. It's that simple. But what would you ask him is the question. And when I come back, I will take your calls because we're just about out of time. And this is the boss of the Savage Nation, Michael Savage. We are talking about Iran. Would you support airstrikes in Iran? Have GM workers gotten too greedy by going on strike? There is a strike. And uh, finally, if you had 30 seconds with the president, not confirming or denying that I will, what would you ask him or say to him in those 30 seconds? Uh, who says it's only going to be 30 seconds knowing me if I were there? If I were there, you think I'm going to have 30 seconds? I'll wind up the MC. The Westwood One Podcast Network. Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture, and here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. The boss of the Savage Nation, and the same topics apply in this hour, although news has changed a little bit. 
which is eight years of Trump tax returns have been subpoenaed by the Manhattan DA. I'm not really knocked out by that because it's not going to go anywhere. He will delay them right after until after the election, even if they get the tax returns and they show he's paid little or no taxes. So what do you think it's going to do? The haters are going to continue to hate and the supporters will continue to support because it's within the law. It's that simple. If I didn't have to pay taxes, I wouldn't. But I do. So I do. And what about you, big shot, all you left-wingers? You're telling me you're not using every tax dodge you can come up with? Who are you fooling? Why don't you get uh, Bernie Sanders' tax returns? Or why don't you get the other tax returns, see what they took off? If Bernie Sanders gives away a pair of used underwear that his wife washes from, and he gets $2 back for it, he takes it off his federal taxes that he gave a pair of old underwear. And I know these leftists work. I see it all over these white suburbs. They're so cheap, these liberals that when they want to throw away an old mattress, instead of calling someone to take it and paying for it, they put it on the curb with a sign, free stuff, figuring some poor Mexican is going to take the old dirty mattress for nothing. That's who the liberals are. So don't tell me I don't know them. I live around them. I work around them. I know what sickos they are. But I don't even want to talk about them. I want to talk about something else. The president of the United States will be in the San Francisco area tomorrow. He's coming into Indian country. He will be well protected by... uh, the U.S. Cavalry, I can guarantee you, at a hidden location. It's a huge fundraiser for his supporters who can afford to be there at an undisclosed location. If you had 30 seconds to shake the president's hand, what would you say to him? It's that simple. No no mumbling, no hemming, no fomfering. What would you say in plain English? That's what I'd like to know. Virginia, Kevin, Line 8, what would you say to the president if you had 30 seconds? I would say is, I say, President Trump, you've been given a, an amazingly unique opportunity to be where you are. There will never be another private citizen that has accomplished what you have. Uh, don't, he cannot squander that. He, go back and look at the first, uh, the, the first election, the primary. He wiped the floor of the, during the Republican primary. Why? Because he, took, he talked straight. He, he, he didn't cut, he didn't, he didn't lay all the BS or anything like that. He told people, appealing to the, to the, to Main Street, the people. Well, I think, he, I think he's still doing it. It's why people don't like him because he's too blunt. No, he, he has to be, he has to be polite. He has to be respectful, but he's got to tell people like it is. He has to expose the hypocrisy that many of the Dems complain. I don't understand what you're saying in a way, sir. I know you mean well, but don't you think he does that already? I, I think he. I think he has to do it more. He has to do it more. He has to talk plainly to people, and he has All to. Right. I don't know how much more plain he could get, but I appreciate what you would say to him. What would you say, Mister and Missus America, out there on the Savage Nation, Southern California, Jeff? You got thirty seconds with the president tomorrow. What would you ask him or say to him? Well, first of all, I hope you and Teddy are doing great. I would tell Donald Trump that he needs to get out here in California with the middle class. I'm a retired cop, broke my back. My wife works for the school district. And he's losing our support because the fact that California is leaving such a bad taste in our mouth with this welfare, the immigrants getting in line, everything handed to them. And we're working and breaking our backs. And, you know, it's well, so what would you ask the president to do? Remember, he doesn't have absolute power. We're not in a dictatorship. What would you ask him that he actually could do? I would ask him to reform the education system, you know, out here, work with, you know, Gavin Newsom's completely gone off his rocker with the things that he's doing right now. It's almost intimidating, President. Well, you would like the federal government to intervene in, in the state of California educational system because of the outright assault upon our children's brains, in other words. They're, they're brainwashing them. All right, sir, I hear you. And by the way, folks... All of you listening to the Savage Nation today, you can hear a certain uh, gingerly step in my voice today. Don't assume anything about tomorrow, please. All you got to know about tomorrow is that the sun shall also rise. The sun will rise tomorrow. And uh, when it does rise tomorrow, it'll be a new day. That's all we got to know about tomorrow is the the sun also rises, which, by the way, is a great way out of a bad day in your life, in case you don't know it. Let's say you're having the worst day of your life. A little side note here, a little life coaching. It's true. No matter how bad your day is, the sun also rises. It doesn't only set. And you go to sleep. You get some sleep. You wake up in the morning. I promise you it's a new day. The sun also rises. You don't know what tomorrow will bring. And the same as it works the other way, by the way. Let's say you're having a great day. You're riding high. You're doing great. You don't know what this is going to bring tomorrow. The sun also falls, by the way, for those of you who think you're riding high. Now, I also raised the issue of the Iran, the specter of war with Iran. The one politician who's making the most sense on it is Rand Paul, 
Let's listen to him in clip number one in the Savage Nation. Thank you. I think an escalation of the war would be a big mistake. This all comes from the Yemeni civil war, where Saudi Arabia is heavily involved in another country, indiscriminately bombing civilians, killing children. And then the Houthis are supported by the Iranians. So it's back and forth. But really, the answer is trying to have a negotiated ceasefire and peace in Yemen. And bombing Iran won't do that. That's Rand Paul, who was the only one stepping out and making a statement. Uh, Once again, he's up front with reality. Listen to clip two, please. The other thing I would say is Iran's military spending is about $17 billion. Saudi Arabia spends about $83 billion. The Gulf sheikdoms around Saudi Arabia that ally with Saudi Arabia spend another 50 some odd billion. So really, the Saudis and their, their allies dwarf the spending of Iran. And this is a regional conflict that there's no reason the superpower of the United States needs to be getting into bombing mainland Iran. Now, finally, Rand Paul, again, is the smartest one of the bunch and the I, the, the most clear speaking one of the senators. I love this guy. Listen to clip three. It would be a needless uh, escalation of this. And those who love the Iraq war, the Cheneys, uh, the Boltons, the Crystals, they all are clamoring and chomping <laughs> at the bit for another war in Iran. But it's not a walk in the park. And you have to tell that to the 4,000 or so soldiers who died in, in Iraq that, you know, are we going to send more to their deaths in Iran for something that in the end, when you topple these regimes, you get more chaos and more terrorism, not less. An interesting statement that he just made. When you topple these regimes, you get more chaos and terrorism and not less. He's a smart man, but it doesn't answer the question. Because, as you know, there was a drone attack on Saudi oil, which they're calling a Pearl Harbor moment. The Saudi kingdom is rocked. The residents are shaken in Saudi Arabia. Crude has spiked the most in history. It's running up to $100 a barrel. They say that Iranian weapons were used. Tehran says they're ready for war. Uh, Tehran is already saying the attack was legitimate defense. They're taking responsibility for it. So what are Trump's options at the end of the day, given that Russia has now warned the U.S. not to intervene? And then Tulsi Gabbard, who I respected until yesterday, is becoming a moron. She says U.S. is acting like Saudi Arabia's bitch. I don't like those words. I don't think they're appropriate to use ghetto verbiage. Verbiage. I think anyone who reverts to the uh, rap star verbiage is uh, immediately disqualified uh, for higher office. And another tanker has been seized in Hormuz. But if you were to see the president on a sunny day tomorrow, surrounded by people who support him, because no one else will be there. Remember what you're talking about. Talking about like you're there tomorrow at a fundraiser somewhere in California at an undisclosed location. And you're invited. You go through Secret Service. They know who you are. They know that you're friend, not foe. We would never see a foe get up to him, thank God. And a friend, as a friend of the president who wants to see this great nation stay great and become even greater, what would you say to the president if you had 30 seconds or less? Put aside all the uh, the bravado and what you think you would say. What would you say? Money. Many of you don't know how hard it is to form a 30-second thought, by the way. It's not easy. What would you shake it and say, I love you, you're great? What would you say? What would you ask him to do, really? What is he not doing that would you like him to do? What is he doing that you don't like what he's doing? I mean, let's be real here. He's not 100% one thing or the other. I mean, Donald Trump is a bit of uh, this and that. He's got a lot of liberalism in him. He's The budget's out of control. He did a good thing by getting rid of the warmonger last week. And that could be now answered now why he got rid of him. I can guarantee you, looking backwards, that he dumped the walrus because the walrus was jumping up and down, demanding war, probably last week, to bomb Iran preemptively. Now, some of you may say there's wisdom in that. Why wait until they're stronger? Why wait till someone like Russia comes into uh, to be on their side? So you could say there may be some validity in what the walrus was saying, but that's probably why Trump got rid of him. He did not want to be rushed into a war with Iran without letting things play themselves out a little bit. Which, by the way, is is the wisdom of Donald Trump. There's a little caution here and there. Isn't such a bad thing in a president, is it? And before I take this break, I want to say something that's very interesting about nationalism. We keep hearing the word nationalism smeared by the illegitimate Marxist left. Now, don't fall for them for one minute. Nationalism is not evil. I am a nationalist. I have been from the beginning. Borders, language, culture, nationalism. Every cross in every military cemetery is the cross of a nationalist, white or otherwise. So don't let the vermin on the left smear nationalism, number one. But number two, I want to put it in context for you, if I may. 
I've been watching a documentary on the Vietnam War again, a real left-wing view by Ken Burns. It's an older one, but I'm watching it again. It's so oriented toward the left, it's sickening in a way. But I noticed something about the left. They glorify the nationalism of communist regimes, such as that of the nationalism of Ho Chi Minh, who was a communist nationalist, a Vietnamese, who was a nationalist for Vietnam, but a stone-hearted communist. Why is it that the left glorify nationalism when it comes from a communist, but seem to think that any nationalist in America is a Nazi? The answer is because they're liars and they are dangerous and they are your enemy. Make no mistake about it. The left wing is the enemy of your survival and your children's freedom. And I'll tell you something else. I got a haircut over the weekend. It was a Vietnamese girl. And it was a late, late in the day. No one was in the store. And we were talking. And she told me what happened in Vietnam. We all know what happened in Vietnam. How those who were lucky enough to got out, got out. She said they wanted to keep me there five years ago. Even now, they won't let people out if they, if they want to leave that hellhole. The communists control your life. They won't even let you leave. She said, I don't know why they want me to stay there. Why do I want to stay there? I couldn't make any money. Here I come here. I can make a living cutting hair. Do you understand what communism is? It takes away your freedom, you idiots, you. What the hell is it going to take for you people to understand that we are fighting for the survival not only of America, but your freedom as well. Back in a minute. Savage. I think uh, I'll have a stronger message or maybe no message at all uh, when we get the final results of what we're looking at. But right now, it's too soon to say. There's plenty of time. You know, there's no rush. We'll all here, be here a long time. There's no rush. Mm. But... I'll have a message, uh, whether it's a strong message or maybe no message at all, depending on the final results. <laughs> Can you walk us through about the rest of the fallout war in the Middle East? I'm not concerned at all. You don't think that we're a step closer to that? No, I'm, I'm not. Personally, I'm not concerned at all. We have, we have military power, the likes of which the world has never seen. I'm not concerned at all. I'd like to avoid it. You hear, I mean, this is the president. They're trying to, like, bum-rush him into saying, uh, we're going to go to war, we're not going to go to war. The media is already clamoring. The anti-war media wants him to scream that, that he's going to go to war. Then if he says he's going to go to war, they're going to say you're a warmonger. Then if he says he's not going to go to war, they're going to say you're afraid to go to war. So he says, I don't know what I'll say. Maybe I'll say this. we got a strong military. Maybe I won't say it. you got to understand that he knows what he's doing with these people. In, in many ways, a lot of what's happening is he's confusing people. But I'm asking you, uh, if you're not confused, then you know what you're talking about. If you were to be invited tomorrow to one of the fundraisers in somewhere in California, and you're one of the esteemed guests who, let's say, could get in. You know, not everyone could get in. It's a very small event. And you get your 10, 15, 30 seconds with the president. I don't know how long you're going to get. What would you say in those? You know what the receiving lines are like. I don't know how many hundreds of people are going to be there. Say, President Trump, one word. You know how these, you've seen them on TV when these events are like, they, they're shining you on. Oh, yeah, Bob, how are you doing? How's the oil and gas business in Alaska? Oh, yeah, yeah, good job up there killing those Arctic wolves. No, I'm serious. Yeah, I like the, but what would you say to him in 30 seconds or less? That's what I'd like to know. Marin, Tom, line seven, go ahead. You're up, you're talking to the president. What would you say to him? Hi, Mike. What I tell him is it's really important. We need a full-time ambassador to South Africa. We can't let this nation get run over by Marxists. I don't know if you know, but they recently just appointed a charge to affairs there because they don't have an ambassador. And I know uh, hold it. You're saying there is no ambassador to Saudi Ara- to, uh, to, to uh, South Africa right now? That's correct. They have a charge to affairs. The guy's a journalism major from Missouri, and he studied ecumenical studies, got a master's. But what, what would you like the president to do? Remember, you got 30 seconds with him. What, what are you asking him to do with regard to South, uh, South Africa? Appoint a former general from AFRICOM to the ambassador of South Africa. We need, a, we need a strong person there. We need to face down the Marxists there. We think they're going to take over West, the West Cape. You have a strong, English-speaking, educated population. I don't know if you know, but... All right, so you, you, you exceeded your 30 seconds. What you're saying is you're concerned with South Africa, as we should all be, and your solution is put in a strong leader as ambassador, preferably a general who knows the business down there. That's a very good point. I don't know how high that would be on his list of things to worry about, though. Uh, Right now, I think his biggest problems would be oil, Iran, the border with Mexico, and certainly he's looking at his own self-interest, which is getting reelected. 
So what would you say to him to get reelected? Tom, in Pittsburgh, what would your advice be to the president? Uh, very simply, I'd say just keep doing what you're doing. Don't change a thing. Stand your ground. Don't give up. You were put in office for a job. Do your job. You've been doing it so far. Well, you're, you're a really clear-thinking man. Even though you may have trepidation about some of his policies, what you're saying is that you support what he's doing. Yes. Are you, are you at all concerned with the budget deficit at all or anything like that? Yes. But you wouldn't say it to him? No. The, the question was, I had 30 seconds. If I had 30 seconds, that's what I would say. If I right, you see, now this is a very clear-thinking gentleman on the phone right now. He's not giving a whole speech right now. He listened to what I said. You have 30 seconds with the president. What would you say to him? He just said, hold your course, right? Right. Well, Tom, I love clear thinking. I'm sending you a copy of my great book, A Savage Life, by the boss of the Savage Nation, Michael Savage, sure to bring smiles and tears to everyone who reads it because it's a yin-yang book. It's about an immigrant son and all the trials and tribulations of this Dickensian life that I have led thus far. And we know what's ahead of us, don't we? A few laughs and a lot of tears. I'll be right back. Welcome back uh, to the Savage Nation. Again, uh, the boss of the Savage Nation is on duty today on station, uh, running point in the war against evil for 25 straight years, and somebody up there likes me. And I'm asking one question. It's sort of a toyishy, funny question in a way. The president will be in California for the next several days at uh, undisclosed locations at some very powerful fundraisers for a small number of uh, supporters, not open to the public. The press certainly will not be invited because they're hostile. They belong in Iran or Saudi Arabia is where this press belongs, given the disgusting nature of them making stuff up and then not retracting their lies. I've never lived through a time like this before. We've always known about yellow journalism, but I have never seen anything like what has gone on in this country for these number of years. Never, 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 never. So you're there. You're amongst friends. Everyone's going to, let's say, hobnob. You're amongst. In other words, you're all on the same team. You're not like looking over your shoulder like you normally do here in America today. Everyone there is a friend. Everyone there sees reality as it is. Everyone there loves America. Everyone there wants America to thrive. Everyone there is very concerned for the future of this nation. And you are meeting the president of the United States. And you have 30 seconds or less with him to shake his hand, look him in the eye. And he's looking in your eye. What would you say to him in those 30 seconds is the question. That's what I would like to know. It's that simple. In other words, rank it in your head of what's the most important thing to say to him, right? Okay, San Francisco, Frank, line three, you're up on the Savage Nation. 30 seconds with the president, what would you say? I would say, Mr. President, there's real American heroes rotting in our prisons. Uh, there are military men that stood up for their men and killed the enemy, and they're still in prison. He let people out, uh, listening to Kanye and Kim Kardashian, right. regular prisoners, and now our real heroes are stuck in prison. I agree a thousand percent, and you know, I've worked on behalf of several of them, do you have any names of people who are falsely accused who are still rotting in Fort Leavenworth and elsewhere? I think if there's a, uh, a private Lawrence or some, some, somebody like that. And I know All right. I, I've, I've been on this issue for many, many years, going back at least to the 1990s. And I've raised a lot of money for people over the years. I think this is a key issue. I know what you're saying. In other words, if you could let a rapper and his... And his uh, that other one, I can't stand her, by the way. I think she's a waste of human DNA. To disgrace the White House and throw his feet up on the desk and then give prison reform for them. Why can't you do something about freeing our, 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 our serving men from, uh, from the jails that they've been thrown in because of uh, people in previous administrations like the Obamas? I hear you, and I thank you very much. I will bring that up if I was there. I would be. I would bring that up if I were there. I, I have to use the correct tense so that you don't confuse what I'm saying. I didn't say I would say that. I said I would say that if I could say that, but I don't know if I could say that because I don't know if I would say that. But I would ask you what you would say. So I put that up on Twitter. If you had 30 seconds to speak with President Trump, what would you say? Um, a few of the people are stupid. They're putting up negativity. Uh, here, here's one from Tom Bauer. By ignoring conservation concerns, Mr. President, 
you're alienating more voters than you may realize, Mr. President. That's respectful, and it's a fact. Okay, here's another one who says, no red flag laws. Do something about tech censorship, for God's sake. Um, another one says, please fix the raging national debt. Ari Eden says, I thank him for even wanting to do the job and apologize to him for the shameful treatment he's received by so many for so long. To say that's been an utter disgrace is an understatement. More military spendings, you need to keep up with Russia and China. Here's someone who was tweeting in caps, which I won't read because I don't like caps, only I use them. But uh, Doug is saying, good job. We appre- <laughs> Why do liberals get crazy when I use caps? They're more upset with caps than people being tortured in Iranian prisons. It just shows you the mental disorder of liberalism. If I tweet in all caps, they get more angry over my using caps than people being starved to death in North Korea. Unbelievable to me. Uh, please take out the mullahs, declassify everything and burn it to the ground. Curb spending. No more evil tweets. Thank you for everything you do and when will Hillary be arrested? Uh, please, this is not a Rush Limbaugh show with Hillary. Can you let that go? Esmeralda says national voter ID put National Guard forces in major crime cities. No, no Fed dollars for sanctuary cities. A lot of stuff there. A lot of stuff there. Cut H-1B visas. I'm sick of my hood turning into Iran or Mumbai. Wealthiest con- county in Tennessee is turning brown with hateful. Never going to assimilate people. Ruining the Southern shaman. Half the kids of my son's kindergarten have zero American heritage. There's nothing great about them. This is good. This is 100% true. We are being overrun. There's no question about that. Justin writes, stop the war threats unless the USA has been attacked. Stop wasting our tax dollars. Get the damn budget under control. So I'm, I'm reading my line. Let's see. Here's the last one. No wars, more walls. That's clean. You, you shake the president's hand and you say, no wars, more walls. I don't know. That's, that's cut, that cuts to the chase. He said no war today. He gave a speech already in Iran, didn't he? He said not so fast. He sounds very confident. He's got the strongest military on the planet. We're not worried about it. We'll see what happens. That's all. Is that simple? California, Tom, what would you say to the president if you could? Yes. Uh, what I would say is uh, basically require valid photo ID for for voting. Yes. And eliminate. Uh, yeah. I want I want a national voter ID, and I've wanted it for a long time. There's no question about it. Uh, that that would cut out probably. I would say I don't know. Guessing by what I see, five to eight percent of the federal vote on the Democrat side would be the vote voter ID, the voters who are not even citizens or people in double triple triple bagging us. It's that simple. We have so many other callers, and I want to get to all of you. Each and every one of you are important to the Savage Nation. Uh, some of you are making sense. And let's go to West Virginia, where Larry awaits us online, too. Larry, what would you say to the president if you had 30 seconds? I would like the president to, to say to the president that he should give us some kind of signal that he is listening to the Savage Nation. You know, he came on your show when he was running. If I knew that someone in the White House was listening to the Savage Nation, everything that people said that you should say to him, he would learn. He All he has to do is say to me, you know, uh, he, he's, I heard him say on a commercial, he likes Newsmax. Every now and again say, hey, I, Michael Savage said this. The liberals would jump off all the bridges and that would solve all. all- <laughs> oh, you'd cause a mass hysteria and a mass suicide of the other side. I, mean, so I, I just want to know that somebody... A clerk, somebody in the White House is listening to the Savage ma- Nation. Larry, I don't really know if they're monitoring the show. I have a suspicion that they haven't stopped listening. And the reason I say that is because, well, I'll tell you on Wednesday, I cannot say today. I will say with some pregnant pause that I will not be on the air tomorrow. I think you can put two and two together, correct? Correct. I, I hope every afternoon I stop at a convenience store and I have some potato chips and a, and a soft drink and listen to your show. I hope the president relaxes. I could, I could use some potato Coke chips and a soft drink. Oh, I want a diet soda and potato chips in the worst way now. I'm, I'm very suggestive. Well, I'm going to send you a copy of uh, uh, my book, A Savage Life. I think you're going to love it. We have time for a few more calls. I wanted to get into the Iran question a little bit more. Uh, I don't think you're as interested in that as I thought you would be. I find the American people very pragmatic people, by the way. I think particularly talk radio gets pragmatic people, you know, and I think that the American people are not really into Iran right now. 
and the Iran-Saudi Arabia conflict doesn't impress them very much. And I think that the American people are more interested in issues related to their hometown, such as the fact that we're being overrun by illegal aliens. I'll lay it out for you. I'll make it very simple. I don't have to rack my brain. Borders, language, culture. It answers this question. I get callers. I get emailers. I get tweeters from around the country who tell me they don't like what's going on in their town. They do not like the fact that the third world is taking over their town, their village, or their city. They cannot stand it. They never wanted to live in Mumbai or in Tijuana, and yet they wake up and they're living in Mumbai and Tijuana, and it seems like America has gone out the window. What did we elect Trump to do? Which was to make America great again, not to make America Mumbai again. I'll be right back. Savage. Well, they haven't risen very much, and we have these strategic oil reserves, which are massive, and we can uh, release a little bit of that. And uh, other countries, including Bahrain, but other countries can be a little bit more generous with the oil, and you'd bring it right down. So, no, that's not a problem. It went up $5, and uh, that, that is not a problem. Mr. President, Mr. President, and you have to remember, we're now the largest uh, producer of oil and gas in the world. So... A lot of people in the old days, and this happened over the last very short period of time, uh, were number one in the world by far. Yes, you are. By far. So uh, I never want to be benefited that way. But the fact is, uh, there are those that say we benefit. I don't view that as a benefit, but we are certainly, uh, we take in more money than anybody else from energy, not even close. The president said because we have done so well with energy over the last few years, thank you, Mr. President, we are a net energy exporter and now the number one energy producer in the world. We don't need Middle Eastern oil and gas and, in fact, have very few tankers there, but we'll help our allies. Now, I want you to think about this very carefully. For years, Americans were screaming that we were held over a barrel by the Middle Eastern mullahs. Remember all the pictures going all the way back to Carter that they had us over a barrel? Because of Trump's deregulation, for good and for bad, we are now a net energy exporter with the number one energy producer in the world. And what he was just suggesting is that that oil went up $5 a barrel. It actually helps our own companies. But he's not saying we're taking a lot of joy in that. But the fact is, he said, we don't really need them anymore. So it's not our problem. Now, this also just came out. Iran fired cruise missiles in attack on Saudi oil facility. According to, according to a senior U.S. official, I just got that from uh, from uh, ABC News. Iran fired cruise missiles, cruise missiles in attack on Saudi facility. Cruise missiles. That's according to a senior U.S. official. Don't know if it's confirmed or denied. So they're saying Iran fired cruise missiles. That's a big deal. That's a big charge to make, by the way. Because if it's true that Iran fired cruise missiles and drones to attack its neighbor and rival Saudi Arabia, this is a, a little bit of a Middle Eastern war brewing right here. Now, the the wild card is Israel. It always has been the wild card, and we haven't talked about it for one second. There is an election tomorrow in Israel, and Bibi Netanyahu, who has been president forever and too long, in my opinion, as great a man as he is, I'm for term limits. We have them here in this country. By the way, Israel needs term limits. How long has he been president? Does anyone know? 16 years? That's too long for any country. Because there's an adage that is true for any man, and the best men succumb to it. Power corrupts, and absolute power corrupts absolutely. What if Obama was still president? You know and I know, had there been no term limits here, he would have been president for 50 years, given the demographics and the nature of the media. And that would be a bad thing for America. So the fact is, is that we need term limits, and so does Israel. But So there's an election in Israel tomorrow, and it's very coincidentally interesting to some that on the uh, uh, the verge of this election in Israel, all of a sudden there's the threat of a war in the Middle East. And I've heard rumors and I've read conspiracy theories that this attack on the Saudi, I keep saying Saudi, it's Saudi, the House of Saud, the, the attack upon the House of Saud's oil fields did not happen, let us say, by chance, and it may not even be Iran, but now they're saying it is Iran. People are, are speculating it wasn't Iran. I don't know who did it. All I know is that it may be good for baby Netanyahu. I almost said baby. I meant Bibi. I didn't mean baby Rebozo. 
Uh, I mean, Bibi Netanyahu, not Baby Rebozo. Maybe good for Baby Rebozo as well. But the fact is, is that this little war out there could help Bibi Netanyahu, who's running on a very thin majority, win in Israel, because now the Israeli people are maybe rally around them for fear that there's a war. So that's another element. We have nowhere to speculate one way or the other, whether Israel's involved directly, indirectly, or whether it will help or hurt Netanyahu. But it's a factor that you should know. And I feel it's my, uh, I'm obliged to tell you that. But again, I want to go back to the main question because we're almost out of time, if you can believe it or not. Uh, shows fly by sometimes. Other times you feel like a fly trapped in the honey and you can't move your wings. Today is one of those days that you fly like an eagle or you float like a butterfly and sting like a bee. But I'm asking you a loaded question. And the loaded question has been, and you can get the entire show if you missed most of it or some of it today on my podcast, which is if you had 30 seconds or less with the president of the United States in a friendly environment, no shouting, no yelling, no media, no idiots throwing balloon, uh, water balloons, you're amongst friends and you get to walk up to the president and shake his hand. What would you say to him in those 30 seconds? Is there anything you would say to him? What's the message in a bottle to the president? Now, I'm not implying that I have that opportunity, but I will not be on the air tomorrow. But with God's will and your listenership, I should be back on Wednesday to discuss these issues and give you a little special assignment report on the Savage Nation. So stay tuned because things are happening here. That will be very, very interesting. And I think things are changing very rapidly, uh, not only in the world, but in America, very rapidly. Let's go to San Diego, Morgan. You have 30 seconds. What would you say to President Trump? Mr. President, can you please end birthright citizenship for those who are here in the United States of America illegally? This has got so you want that you want that ended the uh, birthright citizenship, and you want how about the tech billionaires? How about them paying their fair share of taxes and then bringing in H one B visa workers and turning us into Mumbai here all over the uh, state of California? Nothing wrong with Mumbai. Nothing wrong with India. But I'm an America first and not a Mumbai firster. I'm not India first. I'm America first. America for Americans. And I'm sick and tired of them pandering to the lowest common denominator, meaning the cheapest workers they can get. It's a disgrace. I agree a thousand percent on that one. There's no question about that. There's no question about that. California Sirage Line Nine. Go ahead, 30 seconds. Yeah, hello, what would you quick, 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 what would you say? I just want to say, if he's been in there for 16 years, would not we call that a dictatorship? And why hasn't anybody called that out already? Well, I don't know that you'd call it a dictatorship because he didn't seize power. He's been elected over and over again. Uh, the fact of the matter is, uh, any president in this country, well, let's go back to Obama. He would still be president if we didn't have term limits, right? I agree. All right, so I say that Term limits are very important in every country, whether it be the United States or in Israel. But we do not uh, we do not speak to the Israeli people directly. This is an American broadcast coming out of San Francisco, California. And uh, there's an election in Israel tomorrow. And I think in Netanyahu, by the way, at this point, being the nationalist he is and the patriot that he is, and no one's questioning that, frankly, he should have stepped aside and let someone else take over at this point. He's just holding on to power because... Power corrupts, and absolute power corrupts absolutely. This is Michael Savage, the boss of the Savage Nation, signing off. The Westwood One Podcast Network. <laughs>